Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 103. Joining this evening, Terry. Hello, everyone. And um, who's that other guy? Mac. Second take and you still got the order. <laughs> I didn't get the order wrong. Oh, you want to go first? You can go first, Matt. Oh, I'm the last. I'm the, I'm the new Jeez. Kid. Okay, Mac and Terry. Joining me this evening, we've got plenty of things to cover, don't we? Yeah. We've got proof men masturbate. Yes. We've I've got, got proof that. Yeah. Well, I've got proof that only men masturbate. Oh, that's right. Only men. Okay. Well, that's fine. You want proof men masturbate? Just, just shine a black light in either Brian's or my house. <laughs> that's right. We've got uh, Mormons on trial. <laughs> we've got creationism, uh, and we've got um, we've got parrots in court. Like a goddamn Rorschach. <laughs> How is everybody doing this evening? I'm kind of sleep deprived. How are you guys sleep doing? Sleep deprived? What? You yeah, don't have a child? A young child. I mean, you've got older children, right? Yeah, I know. It's my own deal. I've just got a couple projects going. Projects? Projects I can't discuss. You can't discuss until, them? Till next week. Oh, okay. Next time I'll talk about them. All right. Mac, what do you got going on? I'm doing all right. Um, I've still been... been I, I actually need to stop playing Minecraft because I'm now dreaming Minecraft. <laughs> That's not comfortable. No. And the other other bizarre thing is that I, I finished up a I finished up a session of Minecraft and I heard a wind chime outside and I thought, ooh, I gotta get that coal. Get that coal? <laughs> coal makes a certain noise if you chip the ore out. It makes a, a ringing sound. So a wind chime sounds a lot like you just chipped out some coal. I see. Okay. You know, when you guys, uh, last week when it was negative 15 degrees in Colorado, you know, it was a lot warmer in Houston. Uh, <laughs> I what, missed. Uh, what What street were you on in Houston? Was it Bite Me Street? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real oh, close. I'm sorry, that's, that's pronounced Me. <laughs> I, I had that looked up on Google Earth. My, my mistake. Man, it was cold up here. Holy mackerel. Oh, yeah. It was extremely cold. Well, I, I left on Monday, right? And I, and I get down to Houston and I left in, and it was, um, zero degrees here. It got colder before I left, before the plane took off. And, uh, I get there and it's 40 something. Man, it felt so good getting off that plane. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and the next thing I know, it's negative 15 degrees up here. Holy mackerel. Yeah, it was brutal. What, um, you know, every time it gets like that, though, we're just grateful that we don't live in Wyoming anymore because up there it's like that plus the wind. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep, I've seen that. Longmire. <laughs> well, um, we do have a special mail message from Hillbilly God's wife. Apparently, she uh, she didn't like what we had to say about the uh, asparagus reading psychic. So uh, we're, let's hear from let's hear from Hillbilly God's wife. Amateur skeptics, this here is Hillbilly God's wife speaking. I heard y'all mocking that asparagus casting future predicting lady on the radio. For shame. Asparagus are hard to read, y'all. Everyone knows that. Hillbilly God's so mad at you. You seen what he did to them poor Broncos. Now, I'm going to prove to you once and for all that some of us can predict the future. I am going to read the future in the coffee grounds in the bottom of my own coffee cup. I poured me a cup of instant left over from yesterday and heated it up in that fancy light box. Let me just finish it up here. Woo! Now, my cup is empty except for some chunky brown slime at the bottom. I'm going to need Daddy Junior's help with this. Daddy Junior, 
I call on you to help me predict the future. Are you listening, Daddy Junior? These here skeptics don't think folks can do that. What's that, Daddy Junior? Swirl my cup and say whatever comes to my head? Well, okay. Hmm. Oh, I know. Them banks and government offices are going to close this coming Sunday. That's right. The banks and government are shutting down. Where's my glasses? Here's another. It's going to be 14 degrees tomorrow with 41% cloud cover and northeast winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. And another. The sun will rise at 7.02 a.m. and set exactly at 5.25 p.m. There you go, skeptics. Them's my predictions. Y'all can check if they come true and that will prove my predicting power. Your listeners can send me money to predict stuff for them. Thank you, Daddy Junior. Well, I mean, so she made some predictions of her own. Did we test any of her predictions? Are they well, even worth the, testing? The, the banks being closed on Sunday, that's wrong. My bank is open on Sunday. Oh, uh -huh. okay. Um, no, but some banks close on Sundays. Some banks so close on Sunday, but not all totally banks. And therefore, I can't count that as a win. I'm, You know, this is not... This is not Sylvia Brown hour. Well, what about Max, the... Max, she said banks and government offices, though. She yeah, specifically said the partial, government... Still only a partial right. Okay, well, okay. I can't count it. What about to the temperature? Did she get that right? Did anybody test that the next day? I didn't test that the next what day. What about sunrise? I that's We could probably check that out. And, and let's, be, let's be fair that uh, Hillbilly God's Wife heard our podcast through... Um, different means right so she we actually got that response before i actually got the episode out which is, is curious to me it's like she's got some inside information there um that it's i don't divine yeah well you know. divine intervention so, so i mean she's got that going for her Mac. sees everything <laughs> she's always watching she's always watching oh she's <laughs> omnipresent yes nice <laughs> <laughs> um. omnipresent or merely highly mobile <laughs> Well, so, so, I mean, sunrise, that kind of stuff that, I mean, we, we got those down to a science. So, um, so, I mean, those are pretty accurate. I mean, so that's not an, it, it seems to me like, you know, she didn't make any predictions that were, um, uh, out of the ordinary. They were, they were pretty, uh, mundane. She was very specific though. She wasn't, didn't do all that vague business about like violence in the Middle East or whatever. So. Right. But it also sounded like she was, um, you know, using Google. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Gee, these were next however, day predictions. Apparently, God smote the Broncos. Well, he smited, Somebody, smited, well, the smoked. <laughs> he smoked their jock straps. Man, that was hard to watch. No, that was easy to watch. That was awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I think that everybody has taken away the wrong message from the from the Super Bowl this year. It's not. It's you know first it's the two best football teams in this country uh one of them came out way on top yes it's true but they were still both champions in their own right well I, i'm even, sorry when, hold on, hold when on. you say the two best you mean the 49ers and the seahawks right be silent name <laughs> um the second point here and this is the far more important point than a mere sporting contest is that they played the trailer for transformers 4 and what you need to take away from that is optimus prime with a glowing crystal sword riding a robot Tyrannosaurus. That's all you really need to think about on that. 
This is the masturbation. No, we're not no, to no. masturbation. Yeah, I was going to get to that because I did That's see That's actually it. a good segue in. That's actually a good segue, <laughs> well, I did segue see, into masturbation. Well, wait. I did see a picture of a woman riding a bike that had a dildo strapped to the seat. That was interesting. What? Yes. <laughs> and, Terry, if you, wanna, if you want something a little bit more uh, – a little bit more maybe your speed on that – than Optimus Prime on a robot dinosaur. Think of Batman fighting a laser-empowered shark with a lightsaber. Wow, that'll get you. There. I like the I liked the bike. I got all distracted by the bike, but the dildo on the bike. I don't know. I just don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I have to send you the pair. <laughs> <laughs> Bike. What kind of bike was it? What was the- I don't know what kind of bike it was, <laughs> but I know is that she was wearing jean shorts and there was no crotch. Where was she? What was the terrain? She was I, I don't. I don't. Where was the topography? Does it matter? There was a How dildo on the bike the seat. <laughs> <laughs> she was riding a bike with a dildo on it. Was it on a trainer? Was she out in the world? <laughs> she was out in the world, as far as I could tell. I saw. Look, I'll put it so I saw forest. I saw trees, and it wasn't just her. Wait. Forest trees or forest gum. <laughs> now I'm interested. They say bicycles are like a box of chocolates. I'm not sure where I'm with that one. I, I don't know I mean, either. You know what you're going to get. <laughs> All right. So, um, Forest Dahmer. People are like a box of chocolates. Yum. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Uh, it's time for... Um, Terry's masturbation moment, and but I, I but and this is brought to us by the Dumbass Media Network, to which the amateur skeptics are a proud member. We're a proud member of them. Not always sure if they're proud to have us. Let's move on to our masturbation segment. I'm proud to have a member. <laughs> it's strapped to a bike seat. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. All right, so Terry, tell me about why, how we know that only men masturbate. Well, I'm... I'm using reasoning from this video that I saw that was put out by the Brigham Young University, Idaho. Mm. That they have um, put forth this very high production quality anti-masturbation video. It went viral, of course, and is being roundly mocked. Um, <laughs> I saw somewhere later that BYU issued forth an update <laughs> stating that it's totally not about masturbating. Rather, it's really about porn addiction because masturbation and porn addiction are not at all related things at all. Well, so, I, I yeah, I mean, because a lot of men watch porn and don't masturbate. Totally. Yeah, they watch it for like the Star Wars spinoffs. Yeah. And yeah. Well, like, yeah. like Pee Wee Herman, for instance. Wait, bad example. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm wondering if this means that masturbation is actually okay with the Mormons. It's just the porn addiction that's not okay. Oh, I, I, I have no idea. I, you know, I actually don't know how um, how Mormons feel about porn. I know how they feel about masturbation. Or not, not about, about. Oh, well, how do they feel about masturbation? They are against it. It is a sin. It's a it's self abuse. It's a crime against your body. It's yeah. It's a, there's this whole spiel by one of the presidents of the church, one of the former presidents, talking to young men. Right. Because young I just men, want to say, I um, think somebody there is doing it wrong. Yeah. Now, speaking <laughs> of crimes against your own body, I'd like to welcome dumbass to the podcast. 
Uh, have you already started? We we have already started. I am sorry, sir. I waited as long as I could. We're in the masturbation. Yeah, hey, you know, okay. I waited like forty five minutes the last time. <laughs> I you know what? <laughs> um, yeah, that was weather related, and I apologize <laughs> for that. But you asked I'm, me. I'm, to... only, I'm only like fifteen minutes later than I said that I would be. Well, it's well, yeah, I'm 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 sorry. <laughs> I, I I am. You have my as sincere apology as I can make. <laughs> So, Demas, we're in the middle of the masturbation moment, if you want to jump in. We're talking about the um, Brigham Young University video that's an anti-masturbation public service right, announcement. Let, let me load up the notes. Yeah, load up those notes and come masturbate with us. Yeah, put your hand so, in. I've got a summary of the video. It's uh, the video is directed at college students, which I want to emphasize. It's it's directed at adults. Um, in that population, they probably skew a little bit older than most other college students because there are a lot of return missionaries who are going to be a couple years older. So, um, okay. quick summary of the video: White dude bro number one has a problem with porn addiction. Adult white dude bro number two risks being called mm-hmm. a tattletale in order to pull his buddy from the battlefield of the Great War of the Spirit. Only white men populate this particular battlefield. White dude bro number two narks to a grown-up, and whatever happens behind closed doors at the bishop's office cures white dude bro number one of his spiritual injury. I'd like to know what happened behind those closed doors. I would, too. The bishop takes him into a room, they close the door, and door number two smiles and nods, and he's so proud of himself. <laughs> the final scene is a group of white young men and women playing pool. And to be actually, to be fair, one of the extras in the final scene that you see for like a nanosecond might possibly be slightly swarthy. Like, it's hard to tell. But most um, of them are whitesome and delightsome. They are white and delightsome, yes. yes. And so the dude bros now are playing pool with some girls, and um, they're hanging out with cute girls playing pool and they pause and they the dude bros give each other a lingering meaningful look across the room and then the music swells so the message is not the only thing yeah the message is that if you have a friend who well masturbates and or has a problem with porn addiction which is mormon code for masturbation um you have to tell a grown-up if you as an adult college student know of somebody masturbating you have to tell a grown-up wow yeah so Wait. Okay. How is one in college and not a grown up? Well, that's it. It's so patronizing. It's so, it's just, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point, Mac. Yeah. They produced this video about do be a tattletale, do tell a grown up, directed at grown ups. Yep. Directed by grown ups for grown ups. For grown ups. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to mock it. By the way, I want you you all to know that I am white, delightsome, and I own magic underwear. Uh, You do. What does it do? Well, that's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know the real story about, about Mormons and, porn, and pornography. Okay. Yep, I've seen the movie Orgasmo. Okay, but here's a, the disturbing portion of this, for, for, for the most part, is, is not the content so much as how they decided to portray it. You, that like It's yeah. this big war that they've got going on. I mean, th- this is their war on masturbation. Well, porn addiction. Porn addiction. What? Whatever. <laughs> Whole, so, I mean, wait. What's the title of this video? Oh, let me look is, at this. Is it savoring Private Ryan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> savoring your own private. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you should you should bring that up because one of the things I was telling my wife is, you know, you know how they they were talking about how women were better giving cunnilingus to other women. I was thinking about that though, but for them to, to practice that and to be sure that they're doing it well, wouldn't they need to be doing it on themselves? And I have not have yet to see a woman giving herself cunnilingus. No, I think Dumbass brought that up last Did episode you bring that up? 
He, no, he brought up the fact that the myth that women automatically know what other women want. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I said that I doubted that because uh, every, every woman is different. Right. right. You know, and, yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah, but even I'm... if they were able to perform cunnilingus on themselves, I mean, it's not a guarantee that the way they like to do it will be the way another woman likes to do it. Right. Well, and exactly. I and I disagreed with you know I, I, I yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to the war, uh, the battlefield. Wait, world. I got one more. Okay. It it may not be savoring Private Ryan. It might be Schindler's Lost. <laughs> wow are you done <laughs> now yeah. i'm done all right okay i straight us off topic and you killed the segment <laughs> but i was but okay so i was listening to a podcast and i i heard dr daryl ray saying that um that sexual addiction wasn't even in the dsm and so i uh, i did find an article about that um it's true that it, that it isn't in there but it, it's controversial as to whether it should be in there um but certainly, I mean, if you are masturbating and not getting to class at Brigham Young University, it's a problem, right? But is the problem really – is it – the the question is, is that is it really is – it, is it the porn? Is it the masturbating? What, which, what, what's what's the, the root of the problem? Um, uh, and what's so, the demarcation question? Yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I kind of think that's why it's not in there. But I, I do have – I do know who I want to ask about that um, to see if I can get some more clarification on that. Um, but I mean, is it is it you know an OCD type of thing? Is it a you know a, some sort of a compulsion? I mean, what what it, what is what is the root cause there? I mean, certainly if somebody hasn't has a problem that they're watching too much porn, they they can they, there is help for that. But whether it should be classified as a sexual addiction or if there's something else that they should be treating, I think is is an interesting question. Um, that I don't think that uh, there's really a good answer to at this time. Well, I know that I they're they're including compulsive eating and they're they're including hoarding in there mm -hmm. and both of those are i i guess i don't know about the uh, compulsive eating but hoarding is a is a hoarding points to um obsessive compulsive so okay so yeah so and and so i wonder if that if so you would treat sex addiction as a obsessive compulsive disorder instead well, yeah, I mean, right, people so get they... addicted to a lot of stuff that's sure. pleasurable. I mean, uh, people are addicted to video games. It doesn't mean that people should just avoid video games. No. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm saying that at all. No, I'm no. Just... I, know, I know you're not saying okay. that. I'm just saying that what, what they're saying, you know, they're, oh, uh, they're okay, going yeah. after masturbation as though inherently if you do it, you're addicted to it, right? Like, right. But, well, the but, the, but I'm just yeah. saying it's the same thing with video games. If, uh, if you do video games, that doesn't mean that you're addicted to them. Right. I don't think that they're saying that in the Life Sciences article, but I think that Terry's right that the Mormons are saying that for sure. Like yeah, any incident. The Mormons are saying that. Yeah. Any incidents of masturbation is bad to the Mormons. Right. Uh, let me throw a little bit more out there, though. My Let me clarify my remark, my remark about the, the hoarding as being obsessive compulsive disorder. If hoarding is obsessive compulsive disorder and um, sexual addiction is also obsessive compulsive disorder, I realize hoarding gets better press, but thanks to. Uh, Thanks to arts and entertainment, but you know maybe somebody. Now what you want to see is a guy who's, who's been hoarding porn magazines, and he has to like have like a, a tunnel through his big all his stacks of porn magazines in order to get to his bed or whatever. Right. Let me see if I can rub this in the right direction. <laughs> the the Mormons what would, would would kind of say any masturbating is a problem. Yes. Right. But yes. but with, but the article that I have on life sciences is actually looking for a, an actual chronic condition where 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 um, porn and masturbation and sexual addiction are actually impeding the rest of their life. Yeah, they interfere with the yeah. ability to, like you said, go to class or go to work. Right. Or get, you know. Exactly. Function. So and so yeah, all these things have. have um, the, the question is, when does it become a problem? Always. It, 
is in um i i mean clearly i i don't think most clinicians would agree with the mormons that you know that you know masturbating once a day twice a day 50 times a day is a problem but when you go beyond that Past the fifty, how much free time do people have? Like, I, fifty I times a day before. is that takes a bit of time. Uh, that person's got to hydrate, <laughs> and probably some vitamin E is going to be needed as well. Wait, no, I demand they make it an Olympic sport. Yes, that's a good thought. <laughs> Olympic masturbators, nice. Yeah, but then you'd have to judge it on like the technical agility, and you know, you can you have, have you can no, sport. we could totally have different like little things. Like we could have distance, right? Women uh, actually, women speed. squirters might have an speed. advantage in that in that department. Speed, speed would be a, would be a good one. Oh, stamina! That you know, I mean, we. I I think this is a good idea. Yeah. So all that stuff they're saying in the slip style, like the seven sixty goofy foot blahdy blah, we could like make stuff up like that for the masturbation Olympics. Right. I could make it like part of a triathlon type thing. What are the other two? Yeah, what, what are the other two? Yeah. <laughs> well, we would have to figure that out. Yeah, it's a. It could be a relay sport. <laughs> a relay. <laughs> <sighs> Here's the baton. Uh, <laughs> I think I know the title of that movie. It's a tug of war. Uh, what did we get to the freestyle event? <laughs> but so so I pointed out that it's not in the DSM. But dumbass had to let me know that uh, that that the World Health or World Health World Organization, Health Organization. Yes, they they recognize this as a condition. To which I said, "We're America, we're Americans." <laughs> That's M U R I C A N S. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I couldn't. I could not figure out how to spell that. I can say Americans, but I can't spell it. I'm American. Damn it! For the word Americans. Americans. Yes. Well, what I found interesting about it, because like I found this on the, the Wikipedia article about it, what I found interesting is that uh, that. It's divided into for males and females, and for females it's nymphomania. For males it's uh, satyriasis. Satyriasis. Nobody, nobody knows I the think. word satyriasis. No, because this is a word. Yeah, because it's not a real problem for men, only for women. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the 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 more common term for satyriasis is is being a guy. No, but I prefer satyriasis. <laughs> you know what? It, it, you know what? And now now I, I know that you're being funny, Mac, but. That is kind of the how this is dealt with socially, right? Yeah, you're, you're as a man, you're supposed to be interested in sex all the time. As a woman, you're supposed to be interested in sex when there's a diamond. In it. That's our that's our American uh, our American sitcom sitcom attitude is that the the woman only wants sex when it's something when it involves something that's of benefit to her. Well, and note that in the Mormon video, this was not directed at women. This was there were no. It was dudes who were doing the masturbating. Um, you know, there's a classic uh, speech by one of the former presidents about how men don't master, you know, refrain from uh, tweaking the valves for the little factories in your testes, or you've, <laughs> if you've released the valves yourselves, they will overproduce or something. You know, like, <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. How is it? Wow. Solid <laughs> medical advice there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to go read the quote. It's something like that. You have these two little factories, and they have a release valve, which works naturally without you needing to do anything. It's okay if it releases naturally. It is not okay if you fuck around with releasing the valve, because then you will create a feedback loop whereby you overproduce. Your factories overproduce, and you will have to release more and more often. So are, is this is this particular argument science-based? Uh, industry based or economics based? It's religious based. It's religious based. Yeah. Uh, it sounds more economical to me. 
if the factory overproduces. <laughs> True. It's, yeah. it's all it's all supply and demand. It's right. It's that weird way they kind of talk around it too, like the the way that porn addiction is code for masturbation, and they don't they can't say masturbation. They have to like talk about these little factories, and they can't say penis and testes, or you know, it's it's really funny. Anyway, sorry, I digress. <laughs> so in, in this metaphor, the penis is what the smokestack. it's like the it's like the uh toxic waste shoot or something i don't even know what that is it's like the (laughs) it's just a release valve it's just it's like the pipe (laughs) the outflow pipe (laughs) anyway so so the world health organization does recognize this as as an issue but I, I don't think that that just because it's not in the DSM doesn't mean that they wouldn't treat something. They they, they just don't. They just are looking more for. I, I would say a root cause. But like I say, I I have I know who I'm going to ask about it, and, and maybe we can. We, we I, I think it's an interesting topic actually. The the DSM is uh, as boring as it is. I think that there are some you know some fun things like this in there. Yeah, no, we've covered it before. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, di- diagnosing <clears throat> mental issues like that is always very tricky. And so, like, there, there are people, uh, there, there are lots of people who uh, um, want the DSM to change things in different ways or whatever. And it, it's a very tricky issue to uh, actually, you know, get diagnoses uh, exactly right. That's why the DSM has gone through uh, all these changes over time. Well, how much of it is? How much of it is about money? How much of it about is about what diseases are sexy versus what diseases are not? I don't know if that's an issue with the DSM, but certainly you know social issues like I'm sure it's I'm sure it affects the DSM just the way it affects you know just the way uh, other. Uh, here's an example of a conversation that I had with uh, my roommate talking about diabetes. They are the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation, which is all about type one diabetes is mixing type 1 diabetes up with type 2 diabetes because type 2 diabetes is the diabetes that anybody can get. Therefore, people are afraid of that diabetes and therefore they will donate freely. Therefore, in this particular metaphor, type 2 diabetes is the sexier disease. Okay, but when we're we're talking about the DSM, though, we're talking about a clinician's manual. Right. But clinicians are still – they're still – motivated by the same thing they're motivated motivated by wanting to help people but they're also motivated by what is going to get their going to get more grants what's going to get more money okay. what's going to get more paid studies you name it well so and that's that, the, okay what is the sexier disease well i would think this sex edition is a pretty sexy disease but it's yeah, hard to get funding have for a tv show but it doesn't have it and it's still and kind of hard to talk about hoarders has a tv show so does eating so do eating disorders See, eating disorders have several TV shows or have had. Biggest Loser, um, Heavy on, I think, A&E also. Yeah, it is more difficult to get funding for um, for sex studies. I mean, it, certainly the money is out there, but um, it, yeah, I mean, there are issues with getting grants, sure. And and as far as sex goes, everybody wants to do it, but nobody, nobody really wants to talk about it because if you talk about it, you're a pert. Well, you know what the definition of a pervert is? Somebody who's having better sex than you. That's not a bad definition. That's yeah, Doctor. That's, that's Doctor Daryl Ray's. I stole that from him. Okay. Damn! Everybody else is a pervert. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> as as Daryl, Doctor Daryl Ray's is fine, just as long as it's not not Doctor Phil. Doctor. All right. That was my attempt at Doctor Phil. There. What was it? You see, what I mean. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to this real quick. Um, Howard sent us a, and we talked about birds last week. So this oh. is a quick follow up to a, a to a uh, bird in court. 
Uh, you know, this is this is interesting. It it happened in Argentina, and apparently this happened actually back in 2006. So it's not new. But Howard sent this link through, and I thought this was absolutely awesome. Um, Brian found another link with, with that same thing in a couple other cases. But the deal here was that um, this guy was cheating, apparently, um, and he was cheating in front of a cockatoo. So they brought the cockatoo up on the stand, and the cockatoo identified the pictures of the pretty dollies that 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 Carlos was tickling. Um, you know, cockatoo's understanding of it was they were they were tickling. Um, they asked the cockatoo questions like the the he was the wife noticed that the cockatoo was using new words, so she she caught him. He began giggling in a high pitched feminine voice, and he kept saying, "No, Carlos, not here." <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, shown a picture of the 23-year-old beautician that Carlos allegedly, allegedly wooed in his home. The bird shrieked, "Honey bun, I love you." <laughs> uh, when Mrs. DeGambo's attorney asked the bird, "Who loves Carlos?" the winged witness said, "Ruby loves Carlos. Ruby loves her baby, and Ruby is the secretary." Huh. Uh, so anyway, this is, this happens in our this happened in Argentina. I don't know what the court rules are in Argentina regarding, you know, who can witness. I don't know how, how something like this would be handled. I, to my mind, I would say it's the same as putting a child up on the stand. You can't, you can't guarantee that the child is going to know the difference between right and wrong or the difference between a lie and the truth, but you can pretty much guarantee that the child's going to react to what it's seen. Well, in this particular case though, I mean, the, the, the only part that, I mean, the bird is just repeating what it's heard. Right. Well, the I mean, bird is repeating what it's heard, but it's also identifying people from pictures. Yeah, that's the according part. To this, mean, yeah. According to this, the bird, yeah. is, the bird is, is identifying people it sees in pictures. Yeah, I guess. You know, I, 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 I have a particular problem with this because it, because it, it's so possible that this is just clever Hans and that the bird is responding, particularly to the pictures, the, the, way, that, um, the way that it thinks that it's expected to based on I, – I, I have a problem with that one because how, how, do, you, how do you know for sure – yeah, that one I don't like. As far as repeating what is heard, like some of the things that it's said, sure, yeah. I, that, those are fine. But identifying pictures, th that's going too far. You know, too much ambiguity I, there. I don't know. I I know that uh, I know that Sid responds really strongly to visual cues. Sure, and visual he be, cues. He can be highly he can be highly manipulative also. But this is clever Hans. It could be. I mean, Clever Hans can uh, trick a lot of people, uh, the effect, and um, you just don't know what an animal is thinking. So it's it's kind of hard uh, to accept an animal's testimony as core evidence. It seems kind of on shaky grounds to me. Yeah. At what point Apparently. in your marriage are you like, why not just get a divorce? Why do you have to take the dang bird to court to prove that? I mean, if you suspect that your husband is cheating. Well, she was <laughs> trying to prove infidelity here, which I'm sure had some bearing on both the divorce, and again, I don't know what the whether Argentina has no fault divorce or not, but yeah. and it may be a totally different situation here where extreme measures were called for. But it also may have had some sort of drastic effect on the settlement that she got too. Yeah, you know, at the very least, we can pretty much guess that she got the parrot on the settlement. <laughs> yeah. So, but is it possible? Look, but still, but so let's say that she's about. Say she's the bad guy. Say he didn't cheat, and she taught the bird this stuff. Okay. How do you how do you disprove that? Like you don't. You can't. And that's you that's can't. yeah. I certainly that's one of the problems. You know, we only have, we know of only one parrot that it we've that we've ever identified that was able to you know to identify you know squares and keys and stuff like that. 
Um, and well, that's and Alex. the reason we only know of one that's been able to yeah. to reason like that is because that one was basically worked with day and night by a scientist. Right, exactly. And and so you're talking about Alex. I'm talking about Alex. And so I have a particular problem with this bird being used as evidence. I mean, repeating those things. I mean, that's. But yeah, I mean, Terry's right. How do you? The bird could have been taught to say those things. So anyway, the other the other link that you pulled up here was had this one. But it actually had a case as early as 1937 where a guy wanted to put his wife on the stand or wanted to put his parrot on the stand to testify about his wife having affairs. Yeah, and the judge said no. Yeah, at that time, the, the judge said no. In 2005, um, they did it – doesn't, it doesn't say where this happened. The divorce proceedings are still pending. But in 2005, they did get the parrot up on the stand um, or the parrot – started ta- started saying another woman's name, Uta. And this is another situation where the bird was repeating what it heard, but it made her suspicious enough to go searching, and she found plane tickets for Paris, one for one for the other woman named Uta. Okay, so that this is fine. So it, it led to finding actual concrete evidence. Right, right. that's Great. way more legit. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Anyway, the, the comments on this were are interesting. Um, some of them are really, really angry, which is weird. Some of them are completely off topic, like the one who posted that posted an advertisement for the private detective agency that she used. So, <laughs> no, Polly wants to stuff a beeping in your beeping mother beeping while you're in a into it. <laughs> wow, that person's mad. Yeah. I, I the one that the one that struck me as angry is the one that said he would he would kill someone if he had to listen to a parrot testify for two hours. But the one thing that's unrepresented is you know okay now ask the parrot where the bad man touched him. Yeah, I want to know if the parrots have consented to watching these humans having sex around them. I mean, seriously. My my question about this is how do you swear a parrot in in court? You you, you don't because <laughs> they just they just kind of tend to eat the Bible. Or at the very least, tear it up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that I think that it's very hard to distinguish what's going on here from clever Hans, and they certainly have taken no effort to do so here. Albeit, it is a cute story. It is cute. All right. So, did how many people put themselves through the whole what two hours and forty minutes of the Bill Nye Ken Ham debate? I made it forty-seven minutes. Really? That's it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. I didn't watch it so, at all, but I understand from all the uh, stuff on uh, Reddit that uh, Bill Nye pretty much owned Ken Ham. It depends on what you mean by owned. If you're talking about facts, things that you can verify, things that you can actually you know, go and look up and in the presenting of evidence, he owned him. But if you're talking about presentation – Sticking to your your mantra, you know, and 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 putting on a better show, he got owned by Ken Ham. Um, well, Ken Ham, Ken Ham, Bill Nye is a good. He's a good television personality, but he's not necessarily an aggressive rate. Well, it, this kind of debate, I mean, Bill Nye pre- presented great facts. If you were in a science lecture, it was entertaining, and and you and you had the ability to learn something. Um, Ken Ham presented no facts, and he freely admits that he starts from the Bible and works his way from there. He supplies no evidence that w- that his book is uh, is you know uh, has any um, there's, that there's any reason to um, to read it, but in or that that it's valid, right? He he doesn't substantiate his book. He takes it as fact and he goes from there. 
and he admits that. <clears throat> and and he in Ken Ham, um, I mean Ken Ham comes back to he has one central argument, and that's you weren't there. We only have there's a, there was only one person there, and that's God, and He gave us this book. And so all the all these things that Bill Nye is saying, you know, that you know we have these this carbon dating, and and we have all these we have this and that that show the age of the age, you know, that that is much, you know, that it's much long, older than six thousand years. And Ken Ham just says, you know what, you weren't there, and uh, and God was, and He gave us this book, and that's all, and that's the whole debate right there. Bill Nye presents a nice piece of evidence. Ken Ham says, I have this book. And this book says this, and you weren't there to refute this book, and the, and and my God was there, and He gave me this book. I think most of the audience, though, kind of <clears throat> recognized uh, how hollow an argument that was. Do you? Because they were all. I mean, I think they were primarily creationists. I mean, they did this at the <clears throat> Creation Museum. Yeah, but, but but the thing about it is, I think even creationists are disappointed with this because creationists like to argue <laughs> that the science is on their side. Uh, they they don't want to argue that. Uh, uh, they, they, I mean, they they have all these books saying how science supports them. They um, most of the time they don't want to put out an argument of uh, they, they want to say that they're not just trusting the Bible that they've got science. So I think well, a lot Ham, of creationists were di- were disappointed that Ham uh, just uh, didn't uh, care to uh, challenge Nye on the science at all and just went off on we got the Bible, that's the truth. Right. Well, he trotted out a scientist who said, I'm a scientist and I believe in young Earth. Right, but here's the thing. So, so, if, so his argument that he was presenting was that you can be a young Earth creationist and still be a good scientist. And nobody is disputing that, right? That's not what this was supposed to be about. We don't care. Great. There are scientists that are young Earth creationists. It's supposed to be about whether these models are, are, are viable. And Bill Nye was directly going at Ken Ham's model. And it was funny because he kept calling it Ken Ham's model. And it's one, at one point, Ken Ham says, listen, you keep calling this my model, but I have presented to you the, all these other scientists. This is our model. And and Bill Nye still continued to call it Ken Ham's model. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I... I is you know as good as that is you know he's 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 going he was going after the person right the one model this is your model you defend it and and Ken Ham was going after the science as much as he did you know in general that these people weren't there and he he goes off about the radiocarbon dating and he gives one particular anecdote where it didn't work for some reason and he says that these things have a huge problem and he says that they contradict each other and, and about the age of the age of the you know about the billions of years but he fails to i mean yes there's some ambiguity in between them right and we and we've looked at this before we know that that these radio dating models are are, are accurate with it within you know a certain percentage and and when they don't when they don't exactly match each other you know yeah, we we know this, but well, and different models work for different spans of time. <laughs> right, too. exactly. And different models work for different spans of time. And he says, you know, that 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 they don't work. And he just he goes back to this one. He says, hey, I told you this this time that it didn't work. This stuff just doesn't work. And but so but Bill Nye, I think that I would have. He didn't really address the radiocarbon dating. He said that he found the evidence compelling, but he didn't tell why. He didn't say, listen, you know, the yeah, we even if these things are different, every single one of them shows shows that we're much that the world is much older than six thousand years, you know. And some of these we can do better than others. I mean, radiocarbon dating is fairly accurate to what within a thousand years. Right, and so we I look can't at. I remember if it's how accurate yeah. it is. Yeah, how far back. It is. <laughs> so even if you if you only had radiocarbon dating, the you know the world, or, you know the Earth is older than six hundred thousand years, six or sixty thousand years. 
So he didn't, you know, he could have, instead of just trotting out the science, he, he could have showed where these models work a little bit better, I think. But it, it didn't matter. He lost the, the article that, uh, I, Terry, did you put these in here? Yeah, the, the Daily, Daily Beast, Beast article. That's he, he's, I think he's kind of right that Bill Nye lost from the moment that he said that he would do the debate. So from that article, I think the author does a really good job discussing how much better Ham was at understanding the politics. He right. didn't give a shit about the facts. He just understood the politics of his audience. And he presented a very simple narrative, um, you know, trotted out the scientists who are also young Earth creationists. He spoke about how science doesn't disprove God as if that proves the creationist mythology. It was simple and digestible fodder. And I think that... Um, Nye assumed, one point this author makes is that Nye assumed a great deal of prior knowledge in the audience that that audience just didn't possess. So well, Nye... I, I don't know. I think um, I, I think uh, the, the way you're describing the, the way it went, it sounds like uh, if, you are, if you already were a creationist, you already were convinced like that, then um, the debate wasn't going to affect them anyway. And uh, that's basically what, uh, uh, by, by your description, what Ham appealed to there. But I, I'm not sure if it would, um, I, if Ham's... Uh, reasoning would appeal to anybody who was on the fence, and I think Bill Nye's probably did. And you and you uh, could very well be right about that. And I and I hope that you're right. Um, but there there's things like um like they brought up thermal dynamics, right? And Bill Nye he talks about just how wonderful it is, and he's like, listen, we're not a closed system. We have energy constantly coming in from the sun. And Ken Ham's response to that is, well, um, he he uh, he says you you can have all the energy that you want but matter matter cannot create life the only way to create life is god and god created life boom well that see that has nothing to do with evolution <laughs> no it doesn't exactly and the, and so they're off That's topic there which right is and so completely different thermodynamics right. argument either and it separate. isn't a thermodynamics argument except for the fact that you can have all the energy you want so he went back to first cause right and and Bill Nye never touched the first cause, and he shouldn't have. Um, what Bill Nye kept asking, or no, what? And Ken Ham keeps going back to the suppositional apologetics. How do you how do you get how do you use logic without God? How did we get logic without God? How did we get reason without God? And they go back to these things, and those are they're just totally circular arguments that suppositional apologetics uses. Bill Nye wouldn't touch it. He did not go there, and he shouldn't because because it, it isn't part of the debate. Logic wasn't part of the debate. Right. Other than, you know, they're, they're, they're claiming, well, you know, the science scientists, you know, these atheists and secular scientists are, are taking a lot from the Christian worldview when they use science. It's like it's such bullshit. It's total bullshit. Did you see those 22 questions that people had? I did. You want to go through some of those? Oh, they they're, I, they're really kind of sad. They're they're awful. Yeah, it's uh, let's see. They're all just like what number two is. Are you scared of a divine creator? Scientist, you know, scientists. Is it completely illogical that the earth was created mature, i.e. trees created with rings, Adam created as an adult? Okay, so that's kind of what Kim Ham goes back to, right? You know, because, you know, we talk about the free, he, um, they talk about, Bill Nye talks about these ice cores and that, and that we have these ice cores and he says, um, you know, and we, we can see that they're layers. So we can, we can see, you know, summer, winter cycles, the layers in these ice cores. And so, you know, looking at these ice cores, we know that if, if, uh, you know, after the flood, because the ice would be gone after the flood, 4,000 years to now for those, uh, for those ice cores to, um, to get to the point where they are now, we would have to have 170 winter, summer cycles per year. And, and, and Bill Nye says, and you would think that somebody would have noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a and it's such a great argument. And and Ken Ham's response to that is, "You weren't there." 
Yeah. The best cartoon I saw about this was a picture of a triceratops robot with a saddle. And the caption on it was, um, look at this saddle and this triceratops. Checkmate, atheist. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like the best. It's just the best. Oh. Yeah, the, yeah the, there's there's a couple on here that really drive me nuts. Let me see. Why are there still monkeys? That's my favorite. Doesn't the second the second law of thermodynamics disprove evolution? No, we're not a closed system. And and this 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 kind of number four on this in this list, it's absolutely ridiculous. And are the what are they, these are not related to the debate, are they? This is so just these something. Are this is oh, these is. are audience members after the debate. After, after the debate, yes. So after he told them why, after they just, had heard wow. the answers to these questions. So yeah. this guy you know, who wrote I, this didn't didn't hear anything that Bill Nye said. Does the second law of thermodynamics disprove evolution? And he's supposed to disprove. I like I would. Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, he didn't he didn't hear the explanation. No. Ugh. You know, How as you, far as the question of why are there still monkeys. The reason they're still monkeys is because they're still adapted to their environment. No, here's the reason a, that the we're reason not that, evolved from, they well, back up. We're not even yeah. evolved from monkeys. We're evolved from a common ancestor. Right. And the other, right, right but, but but my point is that the reason that we evolved is because we were no longer in, adapted to the environment that we were in, and we had to change in order to adapt to it. Monkeys well, also evolved. Well, but they, the other, yeah, yeah. The other point here, Mac, is you know why are you still a monkey if it's not true? <laughs> We, we're still monkeys. We are still primates. We are still, I mean, uh, this one, um, how do you explain the sunset if there's no God? Yeah, I love That's that. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a, you know. <laughs> this, person, this person absolutely believes in, in, a, you know, in a geocentric system, not a heliocentric. Holy mackerel. You know, she's see, she's she's completely skipping the second half of the question, which is, if God is not a Bronco fan, why are sunsets orange? It's sad. These people look so nice. You know, they look nice people, and oh, it's just sad. I'm sure they're nice people. Kind of by definition, the Christians have got to be nice people. Yeah. See, here's a, here's another one. If the Big Bang theory is true and taught as science alongside evolution, why do the laws of thermodynamics debunk said theory? It doesn't, and we told you that, and we told you why it doesn't. What is it? What is number seven? What about Gnostic? Oh, noetics. Noetics. The, yeah, noetics. I don't totally understand, but there's. Uh, oh, it's like the. It's like a philosophy of like uh, alien intelligence and stuff like that, having to do with yeah. I think. What purpose do you think you are here for if you do not believe in salvation? Why do I got to be no. here? Why do I have to have a purpose? Why is there a purpose? Well, yeah. what if my purpose is to what if my purpose is to experience the world and do and to and to learn to pass along the genes that have evolved to now? How about this? Well, and th this is the same question, right? Where do you derive um, objective meaning in life? From uh, what Mac just said? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's friends, it's family, it's teaching Mormons. It's okay to masturbate. Yeah. Can I read – when we get there, can I read number 10? You bet you can. <laughs> Go ahead and read it. Are we skipping number Well, no. Nine? Okay, no. Let's not skip it. Um, if God did not create everything, how did the first single-celled organism originate? By chance? Well, Bill Nye, by, Bill Nye said, we don't know. By chemistry. <laughs> by chemistry. He said, he, said, he said, we don't know. Okay, go for it. Number 10. Yeah. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God said it and bang, it happened. Wow. Wow. Flawless logic. Can anybody read number 11? Holy mackerel. Uh, why do evolutionists, secularists, humanists, 
non-God-believing people reject the idea of there being a creator God, but embrace the concept of intelligent design from aliens or other extraterrestrial sources? What? Yeah, we we all think that. (laughs) Talk it to Art. Where the heck did they We all think it was aliens. Yeah, we all think it was aliens. We embrace that? Intelligent design from aliens. No. No. Well, you know, there, there are a lot of people who believe that uh, uh, everything in the Bible was about aliens. You know, there's yeah, a site, BibleUFO.com. Yeah, doesn't that go back to the Sitchin and some of that kind of stuff? Ezekiel in the wheel and whatnot. But it's like, it's like most of us don't think that. Yeah. Let's see. There are people who believe that the, that the thing about Ezekiel in the wheel was describing a UFO. But, you know, it's not really the meaning of it. Um, what he was actually talking about was Johnny Cash and a burning ring of fire. Let's see. Is there no in-between? The only one found has the only... The... Talking about Lucy. There's oh. no missing link. The only one has been found is Lucy and... That's not true. There's Therefore, dozens. There's, uh, there's dozens. I'm just, I'm just reading what they said. And I'm, I'm refuting it. it. I'm, I'm simply reading between the lines. They're saying there's no missing link. <laughs> Does metamorphosis help support evolution? You know, maybe these people wrote down these questions before before Bill oh. Nye answered them, and they're just showing them now. But the slant of the article is definitely saying that Bill Nye didn't answer any of these questions. And it either you either think that Bill Nye didn't do a very okay. good job, or you think that you think that these people are stupid. Okay, so and maybe that maybe neither thing is true. Maybe they were asked to they were they were asked to write down questions. And okay. they wrote them down, and then they're showing them after. So here, here, 14, if evolution is a theory, like creationism or the Bible, why then is evolution taught as fact? This is, of course, the classic you know, misunderstanding of the word theory. Creationism is not a theory because it doesn't have any evidence to support it. You know, so, a scientific yeah. theory is the— we, we shouldn't be teaching gravity as fact either. Well, we have more, we have more evidence for evolution than we do for, for the theory of gravity. It's better supported. Mac, read 15. You want me to read 15? Please. All right. <laughs> Number 15. Because science, by definition, is a theory, not testable, observable, not repeatable. Why do you object to creationism or intelligent design being taught in school? Well, because science is testable and observable and repeatable. That's why it's science. Okay, I'll wait till they're done with the table. Yep, or you could just take everything uh, based on uh, one book of uh, uncertain origin. You know, the bottom just, line just, is just you know pick pick one book and take it take it uh, everything it says unquestioningly. Uh, might as well just do that since uh, we can't know anything for sure in science. Are they going to stop moving tables there soon? Can we wait? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that was coming. Through. Actually, I, they're going to be kicking me out here soon. I oh, think no. so. I'm going to I'm going to see if I can set up somewhere else. Okay. You know, All right. I, you know, I think I, I really like some of the stuff that's in the Bible, like the whole thing about about Prometheus giving us fire in the first place. Or is that the wrong mythology? Wait, hold on. Terry is calling. Terry's gone. Terry dropped. Oh. I'm back. Oh, Sorry. I don't know how I dropped, but I'm back. Wow. When did you drop? Uh, right <clears> after <throat> we were talking about the uh, the Big Bang. Oh, I believe in the Big Bang. Okay. Sorry. That's OK. Sorry. That's OK. I missed we, a bunch we, of good stuff. I you know, know. I, I know that it's hard to believe it. Mac and I are actually doing OK going through these. 
Yeah, I bet you guys are. I'm sorry I missed it. I'll have to listen later. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, what mechanism has science discovered that evidence on increase of genetic information seen, seen in any genetic mutation or evolutionary process? It, 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 we're not adding information. We're not adding complexity. We're building. I don't know. I guess I don't have a great answer to that, but you know that there is a rice that has more genetic information than we do, so – I heard that on the dogma debate. That's what they, um, Arn Ra was saying. That actually, dogma debate went through. They 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 went through this pretty much piece by piece. They did I a really good job. Understand her question quite. Yeah. Basically, the, I think what her question is is, um, you know, it, that or, you know, you're adding complexity. Is DNA adding complexity? I, I'm not sure. She just doesn't understand how yeah. mutations and selection. If what purpose do you think you are here for if you don't believe in salvation? I think we read this one. Yeah. Mac, you read that, didn't you? I did. And I found that to be <laughs> it doesn't even address it doesn't address anything to do with science. But how just, but how sad is it that the only way people derive meaning is by by having a creator. Without without a creator that they that they cannot see that there's any meaning to life. How sad is that? I would be I would be more interested in a spirituality that is not focused on you dying. <laughs> right. Well, there you right. go, right? So. Yeah, because it is kind of all based out of the fear of death. But even even beyond that, I mean, the idea that if there is no God, that there's no purpose. Wow. that that, that This is a sad world for those people. I feel the, sorry for those people. Number 18 is interesting. Why have we found only one, quote unquote, Lucy when we have found more than one of everything else? Now nah, there's dozens. The, Lucy was well, just the first. Actually, the, the simple fact is that the fact that we found Lucy in the first place was kind of amazing because of how badly and how how badly those types of remains can be treated over time and, and the world shifting. Sure. But we Well and we haven't found more than one of everything else. We don't have more than one Tong child and we don't have more than one of other, you know, earlier Australopithecines and whatever earlier than we, that. I think we do have more than one Lucy time frame fossil, fossil though. But that's a different show. We found we found quite a quite a collection of fossils that, that shows where we are. And it's not just yeah, one fossil. You know, it's 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 a dozen. You know, it's a couple this of dozen. This is God of the Gaps. Yeah. This is yeah, just exactly God of the Gaps. there you go, it's just God of the Gaps. And as far as uh, number twenty one goes, relating to the Big Bang Theory, where did the exploding star come from? Well, none of the stars on Big Bang Theory have exploded. So Can you believe in the Big Bang Theory without faith? Yes I can. Thank you very much. Why would I need faith? That, why, why, if I if I had need faith to believe in anything, it's pointless. It's worthless to me. Uh, oh, here I love this argument. How can you look at the world and not believe something created it? Um, you know, oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me go back to the question about oh, sure. faith. Okay. okay, you can have faith without having faith in what uh, they they're basically saying that the only people who have faith are. Faith with a capital F, and that's people who believe in well, give me your definition. mythos. Give me your definition I, of faith. I think that there's a lot of things you can have faith in that don't have to involve anything that's not that's that's mythological origin. I, See, I, I think, think you can good. have I think you can have faith in your fellow human beings. You can often have faith that they're going to do something really screwy, but you can have faith in your fellow human well, beings. Well, here's the thing, Mac, is that I have no faith that you will show up to do the podcast. What I do have is is historical evidence that shows that the, you did in the past, so I can reasonably expect that unless you tell me differently, you will show up. That's not and but and 
This dude's making an argument yeah. of false equivalency, though, right yeah, here. But on the other hand, Brian, I could say that I could I could say that you've known me long enough that you can have a certain degree of faith in that I'm going to be here if I can. But that's not faith without evidence. No. Right. And I didn't say that. I didn't say that you had to have. So faith maybe. So I would call that trust. All right, trust is good. Right. I, I think that the I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm reading. Uh, but you how can to, also call it faith. You don't I, have to use that word for only one thing. Yeah. Well, what's your definition of faith? It's not a trick question. I know. I just <laughs> I'm distracted now. I have, right. a, I have a white bird on my arm. That's fine. I'm not going to use the word faith. It's dirty. It's okay. false equivalency. He's trying to argue yeah. that um, believing in science is just like believing in religion. So here, how can you look at the world and not believe someone created it slash thought of it? It's amazing. Well, here's here's the problem. Show me show me the universe without a creator, so that I can do a comparison, please. So without evidence, how how would I? How, why am I supposed to believe that somebody created it? <laughs> you show me that somebody created it. <clears throat> I hate this argument. How can you look at a baby's face and not, and not believe in God? Please, <laughs> I saw hey, I saw it come out of her mom. Everybody, take a moment to say hello to Sid. <laughs> My wife liked that one. See, say hello to Sid. Hello, Sid. Hello, Sid. <laughs> you like that, right? Where'd the explosion come from? I mean, this the, the singularity question is good, right? We we don't we don't know. We don't have a good answer for that. We don't. Know. But not knowing that one thing that has nothing to do with evolution doesn't negate evolution. Well, but here's <laughs> the thing: know. is that just because we don't know, but here's the thing: is that when we say we don't know, you go back to Ken Ham and Ken Ham says, "Well, I have a book that has the answer. It says right here, God created you know the, well, the stars the, and God the created this." The interesting thing about these questions is. If I understand correctly, wasn't Bill Nye mainly addressing evolution, or was he addressing he was addressing the young Earth? Well, he was he was a, he was he was addressing the the Ken Ham creation model, and he was trying and he was supporting evolution with you know with, with evidence and showing how his model his model had more explanatory power. And that's yeah. one of the things he kept asking Ken Ham is to show me the explanatory power in your model. How does creationism explain anything? Like we like Totalis, right? That's that's a fossil that we found. Okay. And but we predicted it that it existed before we found it. it. It seems to me that the questions that we've got here are trying to throw, you know, they're they're basically trying to take one aspect of science and use that as a way to throw out all of science. That's exactly what they're doing. Just because we don't know the answer to and this one. And it's more question. false equivalency, right? Because you don't know the answer to this one thing, how can how can I trust that you know anything? Right. God knows everything. Yep. So uh, overall, I mean, the, the debate was nothing that we haven't heard before. Um, it's 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 your typical creationist versus scientist debate, and you know, and and that's one of the things actually Ken Hovind said is that um, that there was nothing new here. Scientists pull up the same old tropes, and the and you know, and they didn't address anything the creationists brought up. And so, Who also and that, pulled out the same old tropes, right? Exactly, but in in a way, he he he's right. Both sides came and presented their argument. They had the debate that they wanted to have. Right. They weren't debating each other, really. Right. There was no back and forth. There was no exchange. You know, they would present their piece and say, and so answer that. And they'd get up and they'd they'd present their piece and say, answer that. And so there was no back and forth. It wasn't a real debate. It was two people presenting their 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 side of the argument and and really not responding to the other. So so I don't disagree with Ken Hovind there. Um, That's exactly what it was. So this next article is kind of interesting here. About Pat Robertson. Oh yes, this is fantastic. Telling Ken Ham to shut up because <laughs> yeah. he's making 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 
people in their position look ridiculous. Yeah. He's, so, saying, he's basically accusing Ken Ham of making taking taking and making a joke out of Christians. So I, I definitely wanted to get this in here because the idea that Pat Robertson <laughs> is you know that I agree with Pat Robertson on something. Holy mackerel! Well, it's either it's either the pot noticing that the kettle is really, really black in comparison. Sure. Or it may be Pat Robertson's moment of irony. It could be either way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're right. He's basically telling that these people that there are fools, you know, that, that the evidence is, is substantial that, you know, for an old earth. So, so even Pat Robertson believes in an old earth. Wow. Even Pat Robertson. That's a pretty low bar. I, well, yeah. it is kind of a low bar, but I mean, wow. Uh, it's interesting though, because, um, the, the, the thrust of the article we've got here, they, they are basically slamming Pat Robertson for slamming Ken Ham. When, oh, the when article they're not is? looking at the, the, the way the article reads, they're, <clears throat> has, they, they basically start off by saying that Pat Robertson's put his foot in his mouth again. Oh. Which is, which is interesting because it's Pat Robertson taking a more moderate position than he's normally, no, normally known for. Sure. And, he, you know, I, I list. I actually only listened to what Pat Robertson had to say. I listened to the. Uh, I watched the a video. Does this have the video? I watched the video. Maybe this doesn't have the video. Uh, this doesn't have a video. This. Is oh, okay. Change. There's a video out there, and I'll have to I'll have to attach that. But basically, it's basically just um, you know, Pat Robertson basically saying. I mean, he they they got it right. You know that he basically he told he was telling Ken Ham to you know to shut up, and that basically the evidence. You know, he says looking at you know the rock layers and everything that it's clear that you know that that the world is more than six thousand years old, and you know that we need to get off this and and worry about and basically worry about things that are more important. And you know, even Ken Ham in the argument said at one point, listen. You know, I know that there's a lot of, um, you know, Christians out there that believe in old earth. And uh, I'm not saying that they're not Christians and uh, that, you know, they're not going to heaven because, you know, heaven is about salvation, you know, through Jesus. So basically they could have their, they could be wrong and still go and still go to heaven so long as they, you know, found Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So whatever. So it's pointless. In other words, he's saying, I'm not saying they're wrong, but they are. Exactly. That's exactly what he's saying. No, he's saying they're wrong, but that, but they can still, but they're still Christians because they've still accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. In the hierarchy, they're still above atheists. Well, uh, absolutely. Well, you know, there is a there is a debate online between um, God, um, reason the guy, the physicist from Reasons to Believe and Ken Ham, Ken Ham. They they have a debate. So old Earth versus young Earth, but even the old Earths believe that it was you know guided by. Um, God, and I imagine Pat Robertson would be sympathetic to that particular view. So what do you guys think about, was, shouldn't I have done this debate? Or, no, we shouldn't um, have done this debate. There is no reason to put a, an actual scientist up on a, and, and, and allow to and elevate Ken Ham to a pedestal as if he is equivalent you know, to, this, to this scientist. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. What about Dumbass's I, argument about the fence sitters, though? Well, and maybe he's right about that. I guess, I guess only, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know any fence sitters, right? I, I've listened I, to what the creationists have to say about the, um, about the debate. And I've heard what the, what other atheists have had to say about the debate. And it's polarized, you know, you know, either in you think that Bill and I won if, if you already, be, if you're already an atheist and you already believe in evolution. I guess not atheist. If you already believe in evolution, you think Bill and I was you know one right? He represented the better facts. But if you're a creationist, you think Ken Ham won. It's it's that polarized. I I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I, that I buy the fence sitter argument. I'd I'd like to see that. I think that I think that Nye wouldn't have done that if he hadn't wanted to. <clears throat> well, sure. And I think that 
I think that he was right to stand up to go up there and stand up for what he believed. Well, the are the guy in that wrote the article made it made it sound like hey, maybe maybe Bill Nye is just that much of a, a media horror that you know this was one yeah, more way was, for him. That yeah. was a sad statement. Well, but I mean, it, how far from the truth could it be? He, you can't win this debate. Everybody know. I mean, Dawkins, Dawkins has said, "Listen, I, there, there's no purpose in doing these debates with these people." I guess I like to I like to hear the scientific rebuttal to some of these arguments. But I guess at this point, I've heard the same creationist arguments so many times over and over that I already know the rebuttal. Like, and they're sort of a one-trick pony, and I already know the science that answers that. But yeah, like you're saying, it's like talking about two different realities. That's exactly well, what's going on. And this guy Ken Ham is definitely a one-trick pony because his whole his whole argument is I've got a book. Well, it is that is his argument the whole time, and that in you know suppositional apologetics that she tries to stick in there. No, I don't think he should have done it. Yeah, I guess my my concern was the money that he raised for the Creation Museum that in the ticket sales. Sure. I don't. I guess I have a little bit of a problem with that. It's it's unfortunate that there was money involved. I guess I would be more behind the debate if there wasn't money going to the Creation Museum. Yeah. All right. Let's. You know, we we're we're starting to run out of time here. There's two things starting that I want. To. Well, okay. Uh, there's two things I want to hit. We're okay. <clears throat> um, Mormons on trial. Actually, Terry, do you want do you want to get this? Because this, you know, this is your wheelhouse. I love the Mormons thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was actually really glad to see that you was in here. Um, sorry, let me just pull up the article. Um, so, uh, London court has called the churches, the Mormon church's leader to account for false doctrines. Um, a former member of the LDS church wants to take them to court because he paid tithing to the church, which I think is 10 or 15%. I can't remember. Um, and then he fell away from the faith and he realized that his annual tithing was based on untrue or misleading claims of the church. And, uh, the claims include seven central tenets, including the belief in the Book of Mormon, uh, that it was translated from ancient gold plates by Joseph Smith, and is the most correct book on earth, is an ancient historical record. So basically, he, he lost his faith. He's pissed off that he paid tithings, and he wants to sue them for false claims. But my, it's crazy. There's, it is crazy. Claims are no more false mm. than any other religious claim. Sure. But so, so um, the other claim, the Native <clears throat> sorry. The Native Americans are descendants of the Israelite family, which left Jerusalem in 600 B.C. Um, Joseph and Hiram Smith were killed as martyrs in 1844 because they they were denied their testimony of the Book of Mormon. Um, Illinois paper called the Nauvoo Extortion. Anyway, I mean, I mean, these claims are the the last one, which I think is kind of funny. All humans lived... um, are descendants of two people who lived approximately six thousand years ago. <laughs> every but every Christian religion claims that six thousand years. Six thousand yeah. years. Well, we go back to that number. It used to be twelve, but they shortened it for. And I don't. And I, I don't know why. It's the beginning. I don't know. Maybe they read. It's got to be new math. New math. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's, Ken it's Ham. New math. It's the same thing that got him the got him the twenty first of May date. Ken Ham went in that debate showed how they got the date. You know. Oh yeah, Total. that's ridiculous. Must have been tedious. Yeah. So anyway, so here's the thing: is that the um the guy that there's somebody in court said he's just not going to go. He's just he's not showing up for this. No. Why and, would you? They, and, yeah. Yeah, and he's right. You know, because it's ridiculous. The in I don't know. I don't think this would have gone over in an American court. The the English courts are a little they're a little funkier. Yeah, it's interesting that it even made it, you know, <sighs> that anyone would even take it to court or support this guy in taking it to court. And like yeah. I said, it's it's no more ridiculous than any other religious claim or any other religion that you pay dues or tithings to. So, right. yeah. yeah. Um, okay. 
There we go. Uh, I found a, um, a website. I'm supposed to have found this before called Scam Watch. It's a government website that, that watches out for, for current scams that are going on. So that was kind of a I, – so I just thought I would put that up there as a resource. Um, well, we know I like scams, so there you go. Well, and, and you know, I, I found – I found a link to this scam watch thing from a trusted source, so I'm a little bit irritated about that. From from a trusted source? Yeah, from our Google Drive document. That's awful, awful. Yeah. Okay, and so, but here's now the the last thing I want to talk about is the um uh, we got a mention on a thread on the Skeptics blog about uh, Brian Dunning, and we did a show eighty seven about Brian Dunning where we, and we talked about credibility of him and James Randi at the same time. We and we talked about those and um. Uh, Rebecca Watson, who is a member of the Skeptics Guide to the Universe podcast, and it was was talking about how this guy is a compl- is a complete fraud, but yet people are still giving him money. Nobody is talking about it. Um, but in one of our listeners, who what is the listener's name? Mister Misconception. Shout out to Mister Misconception. Mis- We've got a link okay. to your Tumblr in the show notes. Yeah, we, yeah, and so that's awesome that they, that they are listeners and that they remembered that we actually covered this issue. Yeah, yeah, and brought it up in a yeah. prominent place like that. It's exciting, right? And we had a discussion, and, and they appreciated our discussion. And and I and I do too. And here's the thing: is that this guy's about to be sentenced. What's going to happen? You know, I mean, are, are are any of these other skeptics podcasts and or skeptics in general going to going to say, listen, this guy committed fraud? And, and um, uh, Rebecca makes a point that you know that these are the same people who who be little Mormons for following Joseph Smith because he was a fraud, right? So there's a lot of hypocrisy going on here with this. And the problem is is that he's a prominent member of the skeptics community, but he's also a criminal. I think there are enough there's enough diversity in the skeptics community now and there are enough people doing cool stuff and you know writing articles and doing podcasts and stuff that you don't have to give um status to these frauds anymore like back in the day when there were just like two or three things out there fine but today there's such a variety of cool skeptical stuff out there that you can just ignore the frauds in my opinion you know he does have an interesting podcast and he does give a lot of good information but he doesn't get everything right you know clearly and rebecca watson you know calls him on on that but no specifics but that's okay but it's also kind of not information that other people aren't covering too do you know what i mean like sure it is yeah yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He can go away, and and we're we're not we're we're losing a source of information, but not like a primary source. You know, right. it isn't like the JREF forums going down, which I think I, I which I would argue would be more of a detriment to the skeptic community. Sure. So there you go. So yes. So we covered it. We said something, and uh, and I think that we covered it very fairly at the time when when we had this discussion. I thought so too, and we didn't. I. I don't know that we all arrived at the same conclusion about it. No, we didn't. When we had the when we had the discussion, you were asking, you know, how do you feel about him now? And it wasn't anything about whether he was a whether he was a good person or a bad person. It was how do you feel about him now? So right. there cannot be a wrong answer to that question. Right. But at least we talked about it. Yeah, it's in, we talked a little bit before the show. It's interesting how there are some people who are still kind of um, untouchable. Like no matter what they do, we still revere them. In the community, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping that with more diversity and more, more and more people coming into the community and more different venues, that we won't have to, you know, ascribe status as much to these kind of guys. You know, it, we don't have to paint everybody with a brush so broad either. I mean, yes, he did something bad. That is, I mean, everything he's done is is wrong now. Probably not. No, but he does lose but it credibility. Does, it, it it still makes me question what he has done and sure 
it doesn't mean that everything he's done is bad, but well, this one that is particularly it does kind of stain it. this is particularly bad. What he did is particularly bad. This is not he, I made a mistake. This is I intentionally went out and defrauded somebody. Yeah, this was an this was intentional fraud that he committed, and for me, that is more damaging to somebody's credibility than uh, making a mistake. Well, what pisses well, me off about it is that I'm not making anything off it. Well, he is. He's yeah. making a lot of money. He is. Yeah. And if he, if I, if I start getting a percentage on that, I might change my position. Oh, um, well, very well. I'll tell you what, Mac. I'm going to double your salary. <laughs> yeah, that's a real help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, anything else, guys? No, nope. we'll save GI Joe for next time when Ian can be here. Yeah. Good plan. All right. Say good night, everybody. Good night. Because you guys don't know about G.I. Joe, you know that knowing is half the battle. Say good night. Good night, everybody. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons, share alike, no derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Kennel. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.